1: Hello everybody and welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Alright Danny, um, well we've had an international break, um, I know we all love them, not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, after what happened in our last result, um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I'm sure we're going to discuss Villa today guys, um, we're all going to also going to discuss Adrian and whether he's a good enough number two for Liverpool. We'll obviously preview the Merseyside derby, which always reminds me of our first episode, our first podcast, and then obviously it's the return of the Champions League, so we've got a very, very, very busy episode, um, but to start off with, um, how are you Danny and how have you been over the last couple of weeks?
0: Not too bad, thank you man, I think we all needed the break after that Villa game, so <laughs> unfortunately to have the break and in, it involve an international break, like nobody enjoyed watching England v Wales, Like it was just a boring match. Like international business <laughs> of season, you sort of think what is the point in doing them, especially friendlies, like international friendlies were the worst, you think it is absolutely pointless doing this uh, but it happens, we got a break we had a few weeks off, obviously we had a couple of weeks off the podcast as well um, and everything's not going too bad obviously we're about to re down. obviously if you're living in Liverpool this is what already happens, if you're living outside of it uh, obviously as we both are living in Northern Ireland, it's going to lock down today at like six o'clock so it's just kind of preparing for that getting the kids ready and all the rest of it apart from that it's just been busy doing a mixture of stuff I had a weird experience sorry to go on normally it's just like yet the usual um last week I got contacted by a company asking would I uh, model for them just randomly over Instagram and I thought you know what give it a go why not so um but yeah so last Saturday I spent my evening in castlewell and forest park doing a, a modeling shoot for a, an outdoor, uh, outdoor. <laughs> so there you go that was something random that happened to me last week
1: wow danny the uh, not only is he a, 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 an international speaker for his churches not only is he a podcast host um worldwide with myself he is now a model <laughs> wow the frihood the We'll get those images up at some stage and whether we can embarrass you or you we'll get loads of plaudits, we'll get them up and down. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, fair enough. not the same for me as well. Um, quite, quite a couple of weeks um, preparing for lockdown. Um, I'd like to say well, I watch a lot of international football but I just don't and that's just the truth. Um, don't get me wrong, I get caught up in the hysteria in big competitions and big tournaments like the, yeah. you, the Euros, World Cup. We all do. But when it comes to whatever you call them, the Euro playoff group, I don't even right. know, the, is it called the Nations League? Who cares? Like, a, Whatever it's called, I don't watch it. And that's, you know, you, you check the results, and I put a few bets on, and that's the extent of um, the As I say, I actually did watch a bit of England Wales, but it was boring, yeah. And it's like, yeah, uh, let's say no more. Um, so let's <laughs> let's go from one bad thing to another. So, in <laughs> and all the time we've known each other, and all the time we've done this podcast, and all the time I remember, I don't remember a defeat as bad as for Liverpool, and um, then 7 2 against Aston Villa. Now, personally, for me, I think it's a freak result. I don't think it'll happen again. Um, I think it's due to maybe no fans being there and all these games being like training games. And I don't don't think Liverpool are getting a hell of a lot of criticism because it's not been a a common thing. Like we've seen City get you know beat by teams. United got beat that day, but it hasn't happened to Liverpool for a long time. So everyone's kind of putting it down to a one-off. I think open the opening question I should be asking you, Danny, is do you think it's a one-off and what were your thoughts of that game? You know.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. Like obviously, we had a we had a similar enough defeat on the Brendan Rodgers, but we're like we're looking at a, a totally different team there, so it's hard to be able to compare them. it. it's the same club, but I think we got beat six one on the Brendan Rodgers at one point. Um, yeah, I think for for our team and the way that we are, I think it's it's a massive learning curve. Um, but no, I can't see it happening again. I think as we've said, because I've discussed this with so many people over the last couple of weeks about this game. And the big thing for Liverpool is that we can see Liverpool, Liverpool this season are playing a far higher line. We've always played the high line, but we're playing a far higher line this season than what we have done in previous seasons. And I think that's because Klopp is looking for a different way of playing because Klopp knows that, as we've said in previous podcasts, this season it isn't a case of going into games, playing counter-attack on football, teams coming at us. Teams are just going to sit back this season and go, do you know what? These are the champions, come and try and beat us. So Liverpool are playing a really high line to play everything in the other team's half and play in a high press. And that's kind of how we're playing this season, which is great. We're forcing them into mistakes and we're forcing them into mistakes in their own half and then we're straight away on the attack and we're kind of just pounding them with our three attackers, with the midfielders coming in. You've got long-range shots from Fabinho and even... Uh, Van Dijk's taking shots. You've got, obviously, the boys down the, the left and right back. So, the bombing in and whipping crosses in. So, we've got plenty of options. The problem was in the Villa game is that we played a high line but didn't play a high press. So, we we had a game where we were playing on the halfway line. And then if we lost the ball, we were given Jack Grealish, we were given Ross Barkley 10, 15 seconds on the ball. And, and at the end of the day, yes, Aston Villa avoided relegation last season. Well, you give boys of that type of quality 10-15 seconds on the ball they're going to hurt you they're going to hurt you in games like that and that's what they do. done also your man Ollie Watkins Walken, had the game of his
1: life you know had to, yeah. to Liverpool in the first half I mean that day is the stuff a dream's made of on, isn't it you know
0: uh, I was quality Like he really played well and loads of people will turn and they'll say oh do you know what they had four deflections and like Adrian's confidence was low because of what he'd done to concede the first goal and all the rest of it. But you know what? Even to get deflections, you've got to create the chances. And Aston Villa were all day just pressing us, getting in behind the back line and just sort of playing those balls. And Ollie Watkins was a nightmare to deal with. Van Dyke really, really struggled with him. Uh, just his pace, it's just his positioning on the ball. And he was just full of confidence. He had nothing to lose. Um, So he went for it. And you know what? He played really well. And and I think if he can keep that confidence up, I think we'll see a new push for sort of being, I know we're talking too much about the England game and like internationals like that. But I think he'll have a real push for trying to, to get into international football. And I think he'll have a really good season for Aston Villa. And I can't see them being in a relegation battle like last season if he carries on in that form.
1: And we can't overlook the fact that um and this is not making excuses, this is these are just facts. You know, over the last two or three years watching Liverpool, um, these two players have been key. We're obviously missing Manny, um, and we're obviously missing Allison from that game. Now we've alluded to Tadion's mistake and we're gonna have a wee discussion on him um in, in, in a few minutes, but do you think missing Alison and missing Manny was a big, big, big miss? I
0: think Obviously, I'm always going to fight on the side that missing Marne is is huge for the team. Like, I've obviously been a big advocate of Marne over the last couple of seasons, um, and everyone knows that who listens to the pod. Uh, Marne, for me, is the is the heartbeat of our team. He's the guy who, when he, he's, he's who I would say is the closest in comparison to what Gerard was in those types of games. That Marne is the one player that you rely on. That if we're having a hard game, if it's a hard draft, he will pick the game up by the scruff of the neck and he will just take it himself. Um, and we've seen that in the Chelsea game. That we were sort of passing the ball around. We were beating Chelsea. We were doing well, but we wasn't clinical enough in the finishing. And Marnie just grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck and just took it into his own hands. And we missed that in the Villa game. Nobody, once we went a couple of goals down against Villa, there was no one there to go, right, do you know what? I'll do this myself. If you can't do it, I'll, I'll win this game on my own. And Ma- I think Marnie's always a huge miss. In moments like that with his flair and with his passion for wanting to win games
1: and you um, I mean for me the only obvious positive was Salah got two goals so he has got a hat-trick and he scored two in that game She he scored five goals this season um, can you take any positives out of that game apart from the fact that Salah scored two um, Can you could you say that now that this has happened it's happened at the right stage of the season we're still miles ahead, of, point-wise ahead of City do you think the Klopp won't allow this now that we've been beat they won't be this, like, like the pressure we had last season of not you know going unbeaten for so long, um, and even the season before, do you think that, that that pressure is gone? That it might be, it might actually let us kind of, what's the word I'm looking for here, kind of be a bit more calmer in other games and uh, you know, be able to play a bit more free-flowing football? Um, do you think it might be a good thing that we've got this defeat early on in the season and we can just, you know, move forward? Or do you think it'll be detrimental coming to Derby?
0: No, I think for me, looking at it, and I think obviously we're going to discuss it in a little bit, but for me, Liverpool have started off slow this season. We've started off looking like a defensive two, three seasons ago where we look like we can leak goals at any minute. Um, We've looked a little bit shaky. We haven't quite had that sort of clinicalness, I suppose is the right word. Uh, We haven't been clinical enough in front of goal and different things like that. We're scoring, which is great but we haven't looked like we're, we're completely dominating games outside of the Chelsea game. But again, Chelsea was down to 10 men uh, and there's all these discussion points of that. Um, but the, the one positive that I, I suppose I can take out of it is the fact that it's happened now. We're able to assess, we're able to change, and the boys know that you cannot go into a derby under, like without performing. And I think it will really sort of put it up the backside of them, that they go, do you know what, we have got to go and put on a show in this Everton game. And I think it gives us the best chance because Everton are in great form this season. And I think it gives us the best chance of going into that game and they're going, do you know what, we need to lay down a market here. And if we go and if we smash them, then all is forgiven for the Villa game. Uh, and I think that's the positive is that the boys, I think will go into this game ready to absolutely possibly. Well, yeah, I mean, we'll come into that in a bit more detail than no? we
1: will. But obviously, so... One of the, the big discussions of that game, um, and, I've, and people have been discussing it on social media and, you know, on Sky Sports News and stuff like that. Um, Adrian, OK, so he joined Liverpool at the beginning of last season. Okay, Within the first couple of weeks, he'd become a European Super Cup winner. He's obviously a Premier League winner. He played, I think, nine or ten games towards the beginning of last season in the Premier League, and he'd done great. He made the odd mistake. And then towards the end of last season, he made, you no. Know, very noticeable mistakes against Atletico Madrid and against Chelsea. Um, He's come in a couple of games this year and done all right. Um, He looks like a confident guy. He's obviously 33 years of age. He's played for Real Betis and West Ham. Um, So, yeah, I want to discuss Adrian for a wee bit, um, Danny. Um, Here's my thoughts on Adrian. I think it's mistakes that he's made. The all scenes have been quite high profile, you know, because... The worst defeat in years, so that's a whole high-profile game. Yeah. Chelsea in the league, in the sorry, in the FA Cup quarter-finals. Then obviously Atletico Madrid, so they've all been big, big mistakes. So I can understand why maybe if he makes a mistake and we get and we win, it gets overlooked. But these mistakes seem to have cost us. He's experienced, but I have to ask this question: If Adrian was that good, why did West Ham let him go? He was at West Ham for six years. Why did the West Ham let him go if he's that good? So, coming into the Derby game, uh, would you stick with Adrian? And if you if you would, tell me your like kind of reasoning behind that. Um, I'll give you my opinion before we kind of dive into yours. My opinion is this, is I think his confidence is gone and he's trying to act confident. And you can see in his persona that he's every, he makes a mistake and no one's shocked no more. Everyone's kind of going, oh. And I really would start Keller, but I'd love to know your views on this.
0: Yeah, I suppose that'd be different to you. I think going into such a big game like a derby, I think to throw someone in. Um, I think you said there in the stats, he's had he's had four starts. They've been in like so. Yeah, Keller has
1: played one FA Cup game and three League Cup games for Liverpool. So it wouldn't be a complete throwing. It's not like he's making his debut. He's been in around the squads for years now, and he's been on the bench in big games and stuff. Um, and he's you know he's now international.
0: Yeah. And I think he's a good player and and I would love to see Keller starting more. Uh, I'd love to see Keller starting more this season. But I just think with everything that's gone on, and I think Adrian has kind of, he's created a very strange situation here because he's created a situation in which we don't feel confident with our goalkeeper unless it's Allison. But at the same time, to bring in someone who isn't really all that experienced into a pressure situation in a derby game, in a situation where people are expecting the goalkeeper to make mistakes, that is an immense amount of pressure to put on a young lad. Um, so for me, I would start with Adrian. Um, and I think it's because there's it's more than just Adrian, if you know what I mean. Yes, he made a mistake for that first goal. Um, his confidence is gone at the minute. Um, but for me, I just, I just don't think... Keller will be as good an option if he came in. I might be wrong, and if he started him, I'd, I'd hope that he'd have a really, really good game and I'd want him to do really, really well. Um, but for me, I think you've got to give Adrian that game, just because of his experience, just because to give him that chance to sort of make it up to the fans almost for what he he'd done in the Villa game and the way that he's played over the last little while. Um, and then, as I said, I think it's more than just him. I think the back line have looked really shaky this season, which is making Adrian look shaky. I think we've missed as much as you're going to love me saying this, I think we've missed Henderson massively in that midfield and um, being able to sort of work between the lines because that was one of the things that Villa done is that Bar- Barkley and Grealish kept coming in between the midfield and the defence, getting in between those lines, playing those balls through and beating the back line. Henderson plays in between those lines and I think he will he will stop those attacks from happening as much um, as we can see, is, is we, our win rate is like seventy nine percent with Henderson playing in the team. Um, so obviously he's a he's a dominant character and he and he works hard. So I think it's more than just Adrian. And I think if we've got Henderson back, we've got Thiago coming in for this game. I would give I would give him another chance to be able to try and redeem himself.
1: Do you not think he's made too many mistakes, though, Danny? I mean, you you lose to the of game. It wasn't all his his, his, his fault, which I. And and what's that game No, it wasn't all his fault A lot of the shots were deflected every, As we've previously mentioned But He's made A good few High profile mistakes um, And at what cost If Alisson's injured You know, he's Undisputed number one At what cost Do you throw Adrian in for his own You know His own you know, Create Liverpool uh, You know, it's If he made a mistake In the derby And lost the derby How bad could that be? It's where you could argue If you threw Kellering You know, you're not Expecting anything You know
0: yeah, it, yeah, it's kind of 6-1, of isn't it? Because for me, I'm sort of thinking of it as, do you know what, if Adrian comes in and he makes a couple of mistakes in a high-pressure situation like that, his it, career's coming towards the end. People know they're expecting those mistakes to a certain degree. It doesn't necessarily tarnish him in the way that if Keller comes into a pressure situation where people are going... Our, our keepers are useless, our keepers are rubbish. He's going to get absolutely slated in the media and across the city because it's such a, a city-wide game, this, and there's, everyone's going to be looking at the city with all the lockdown restrictions in Liverpool at the minute. Um, everyone's going to be looking to see what happens. And if he makes some high-profile mistakes, it potentially ruins his entire career at 21. We, we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen in Champions League final a couple of years ago, Real Madrid. We had a keeper that was completely decimated uh, because of high-profile mistakes, and you don't want to see that happen to a young lad, so I just think it's yeah. too big an occasion to, to bring Keller in. I'd rather risk Adrian and, and give him a chance of redemption. We
1: should uh, <laughs> we should see if Batman's about because I believe Batman's getting filled in a pussy. <laughs> he, he'd be good in that, wouldn't he? Don't you think? Andy? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no. But on a serious note, um, do you think so? You know, forget this game aside. If someone said to you, steady three, so keepers have a, a, a longer lifespan as such. For the next five years, Adrian's our number two. Um, would you be happy with that or do you think we should look to improve?
0: No, I think we need to look to improve. I think that there are, there are other keepers out there that even if we're looking at keepers that the, have confidence issues and all of these different things, I think there are, there are better keepers out there. I think Arisa Balaga is obviously looking to get get out of his team at the minute even joe hart and and keepers like that that i think are a better caliber and a better standard than adrian um and i think that the level that we're at as a club you look at all the big clubs you you look at barcelona and real madrid and all these different big big clubs across european football their number twos are decent keepers and you'd think to yourself do you know what like they could compete as a first choice keeper in most teams um, but they stay because of the calibre of the team and Liverpool should be able to attract that calibre of second team. Well look 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 at Man United. They've got Dean Henderson, they've got David De Gea, and they've got Romero. Yeah.
1: You know, they've got uh Argentina's number one goalkeeper, it's their third choice goalkeeper. That's that's mad when you think of it like that. And then yeah. I don't don't think Adrian's ever been the Spanish squad, has he? You know, that's that's the that's what you're dealing with here. You know what I mean? So for me, I don't think he's good enough. I think he's done okay and I don't like to slate players of, of any team especially at my club um, but I think he's done okay and I think you know he's you know he's become, he's a Premier League winner and a European Super Cup winner now and he's he's, he's, he's you know, it's filled in um, and he's he seems like a good guy as well he seems like he's good in the dressing room and he seems like he's a really good number two and he's good around the squad so for that I'll say that you know thank you for all that you've done but I, I think we should be looking towards you know a brighter future With a Liverpool number two Um But yeah It'll be interesting to see Who You know Whether Clock gives him the nod Or he gives Caledon not, Because I do really think it's up for debate Um yeah. And yeah But anyway This brings us into our um, Our next two subjects We've got the derby coming up And obviously the return Of European football Um, Which is going to be Different this year Because of all that's going on But still exciting nevertheless So we're going to take a little break Um and then, yeah, we're going to discuss these matters. But thank you so much for listening
0: to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield
1: Road.
0: Right, everyone, welcome back to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, obviously, we've had the international break and we have all been gearing up, getting ready, getting excited for the derby, which is coming up. Now, you know what? I'm always excited for the derby. I love watching the derby. It's a citywide thing. My. My uncle runs the Everton Supporters Club, so my family is very, very divided when it comes to the derby, and we've spoke about all of this before. But this season, as opposed to any... Liverpool are coming into it as the champions. Everton are coming in in amazing form, probably the best form of any team in the Premier League this season. It's going to be a big, exciting game, and it is going to lay down a marker. Everton are unbeaten up to now, so it gives a chance for Liverpool to be able to be the first to beat this unbeaten record. Uh, Of them this season Everton are going to want to Dig the knife in After Liverpool Aston Villa A couple of weeks back What What are your thoughts When it comes to this game What do you think (laughs) It's going to be like
1: Do you know what We can chat about it all day Which I'm sure we will (laughs) We'll do a lot of chat about it But here's how Here's how I'm looking at it If you're a Liverpool fan Right And you're sitting there And you come What 10 to 3 On Saturday afternoon And Everton beat you Could you imagine the grief that you're going to get could you imagine (laughs) you know it's like it's post-star we'll bring a DVD out it's like wow the top of the league they've been smashing they've got a great managers they've got Hammers Rodriguez coming Um we've been beat by Villa the worst defeating years and they come and beat us could you imagine being a Liverpool fan and what that would be like if you are like related to Everton fans or live close to ones or you've got best friends could you just imagine how that would feel but equally, if you're an Everton fan and you've had this little purple patch where you've won all these games and, and it's all going good and you know it's up Carlos, Carlos Ancelotti like the next big thing and we're, we're gonna win the league and all this and that. And then Liverpool beat us and just put you back in their place. Can you imagine <laughs> what it's like being an Everton fan? So um this is I think this is the biggest derby in the years, Danny. Um it's so early on in the season, but they've been so good. Um, and I'm going to be out. I'm going to be very honest. I'm nervous because after that 7-2 defeat, the normal reaction, and I fully expect Liverpool team to come out and give a reaction um, with the performance, but the results and the performance of these and things. See, right now, honestly, I would take a draw. And that's the truth because I think over the course of a season, Liverpool will show the quality and um, I'm, 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 we'll finish way above Everton. But just for the, the way things are going at the moment, could you imagine if Everton beat us? I just... Oh, I don't, want to think. I don't want to think like that. Um, and they are playing quality. And they are. Carl, Carl anthelotti is definitely going to put the tactics in. They're going to be time-wasting after two minutes. They're going to be doing... It's going to be 10 men behind the ball. It's going to be all the tactics. They're going to be testing Adrian. I guarantee, as soon as a player gets a chance to shoot in the first few minutes, they're going to be shooting Adrian to test him. Yeah. And they've got all these little things if Adrian starts at us. And uh, I am nervous. What about you?
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's, as you said, it's probably the biggest derby in years. The last time Everton beat Liverpool was in the 2006-2007 season was the last time we lost at Goodison. Um, I was at that game. I remember being there uh, when we lost the match, uh, sitting in the lower Gladys. I suppose it was the only time in my life I've been thankful that we we didn't win a game um, because I'd have been killed <laughs> sitting in the lower Gladys. Um but yeah, it's such a big game at the minute. Everton are coming into it in massive form. Dominic Calvert-Lewin looks like he could score with every touch of the ball that he makes at the minute. Uh, Richarlison looks real quick, real powerful. And As you said, they've got the likes of Rodriguez and Allen come in who have really adapted well into that team. Um, so it is, it's going to be tight. I think Ancelotti knows what Liverpool are like. I think he will do what he'd done in the last derby and he will sit back and he will just say just have that, what we said before about a lot of teams playing the at the minute, that he's going to say, come at us. Come at us and play football and let's see if you can break us down. And to be fair, watching them at the minute, he'll look hard to break down. Yeni Mina at the back looks very, very good. Um, even Jord- Jordan Pickford seems to have grown his arm. <laughs> he's only got lit alarms.
1: He's only got lit alarms. He couldn't touch the crossbar. He couldn't touch the crossbar. He couldn't touch the crossbar. He's only got the alarms. <laughs>
0: Had to get that in there. That's the only thing though, which is which is interesting about this Darby, is the fact that both teams, I think, are going into this game and their keepers our keepers are weak. They're the weak point of both teams. Um, it's been discussed, obviously Everton are playing really, really well, but Pickford has made a number of mistakes in the games that they've played up to now. Obviously, as you said, we're either going to start the game with Adrian or Kevin Keller, either one of them. It's it's gonna be a nerve-wracking game for them. If you start with Adrian, there is potentially gonna be mistakes again. Um, and it and it poses the question of do Liverpool have to play a deeper line to be able to cover Adrian, in which case we have to change all of our tactics about. And I, and I think it's just it's gonna be interesting. And as you said, it's one of the few times I'm gonna be watching a game, quite nervous for what the result is gonna be like. Yeah, it's for me, it's one of them where I'm, I'm
1: thinking of the starting lineup. And I'm thinking Thiago could come in, I'm thinking Mane's back. Yeah, I think in you know, the part from the goalkeeper situation, we'll more or less be full strength. And um, there's even rooms that Matip could be back. Um, you know, Gomez had a bit of a shaky period, yeah. Um, but the thing about players like Gomez is when, when they're young, you kind of get away with a shaky period. You know, Lover never got away with it, it was like Gomez is, you know, but we won't mention Bays and Lovren because we don't want to put him in a bad mood, Danny. <laughs> but, um, but the point is, is that I can, I'm I'm thinking in my head how this game's going to go. And I'm thinking, yeah, OK, so they're going to have 10 men behind the ball. Liverpool are going to be floating about with Thiago and Henderson and Fabinho and you know the full-backs and playing our you know, football that we we normally do. And you know when you've got the likes of Mane, Fabinho and Sal on the pitch, there's always a goal threat. But I'm also sitting there thinking, well, you mentioned Allen and center midfield played great. Rodriguez, his career kind of halted for a few years and he's proven this. He's proven something haven't everything here. Yeah. Yeah. Carl Loon up front is just in the form of his life. You know, it's, everything he touches is going in the net. So you just fancy if a chance falls to him, he's going to score. Um, plus, the only thing is, I don't think it's going to be the, the atmosphere. is not going to be there because it, no, there's no state, there's no crowd and stuff. Um, which is a bit disappointing, I suppose, you know, for, for, from the fans' point of view. Um, And we've touched into it. We've touched into it, but for a derby day and not to have fans there, it's just, I do think it takes away from it because um, it's just going to be awful. You know, for the players, they're not going to be as intense as they they, they once should be. And it's just not going to be the same. But nevertheless, you know, Ancelotti's been around, Klopp's been around. It's going to be a game that no one. I think a defeat in this game to each team is more damaging than the win for the other team. I think yeah. if whatever team wins, it'll be like, yes. You know, Everton will be buzzing because it continues to good form. And they'll be able to, you know, boast for the first time in God knows how long. Um, but for Liverpool, it'll be like, right, OK, we're back on our pitch. Use it. Use it, use it um, go go back to have, have no. You will pay for practice over. See you later type of thing. So I think it's more important for Liverpool that way, because if we get beat against Everton, um, it just you just couldn't listen to them. You really, really couldn't. But then at the same time, could you blame them? Do you know, I'm I'm looking at like going. Oh, I do not want to get beat against Everton because, from a personal point of view, because I know enough Everton fans are just gonna tear into me. But then I wouldn't blame them because if it was still very way around, I'd be doing the exact same thing. You mm. know, that might be their only thing they do in the next ten years is beat us. So <laughs> 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 why wouldn't you? Do you know what I mean, Danny? It's like that's how big it is for Everton, and that's yeah. what makes me worry. Can Liverpool produce that intensity after an international break? Of this being the biggest game of the season, it goes out saying it's the biggest game of the season. But do you understand what I'm trying to say? This could be Everton's biggest game in a decade.
0: Yeah,
1: and this is this is a difference, and that's where you can't match that level. Liverpool and win European Cups and Premier Leagues. Everton aren't going to win the Premier League. I'm sorry. Um, quote me now. Everton Football Club will not win this Premier League. I know famous last words like Leicester done it a few years ago, but at the end of the day, quality comes out in the end. And I think that particular season where Leicester won it it was a crap Premier League and no-one was that good. It's where I I look at the teams in the Premier League this year, like, you know, Everton aren't even, for me, aren't even in top five or six for quality. Um, So, they're not going to win the league. So, this is probably the highlight of their season unless they, like, push for the League Cup or the FA Cup or something, you know. Um, So, I'm scared. I'm very, very scared and I would take a draw right now on my prediction. I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw and I'm going to go for Everton taking the lead with Carlton Lewin. And I'm gonna go for a manny equalizer because as I say he's been our main man over the last year too and I think having him back will be brilliant. Um, what about you, Danny? What do you think the score will be?
0: Well, I was gonna ask you before I go into the score. Obviously, we know what Everton's lineup, that Everton haven't really changed their lineup at all really throughout the season, mm. so they're gonna be sticking with a solid lineup. What would you do in terms of Liverpool's lineup? We know the obviously Van Dijk, Robertson, um, and Trent are, are a guarantee. Um Mane, Salah, Firmino are more or less a guarantee yeah. as well, although Diogo, Diogo Jota is obviously pushing. Um, but who, was, who would you have as the other centre-back? Would you let Gomez do it? Would you bring Firmino in? And then who would be your midfield three? If Matip was fit, I would start Matip.
1: Um If there's any doubts over Matip's fitness. Um, and sorry to say about Gomez, because I, I am a fan of him, I don't want to criticize players, but I probably would start Firmino because he's got the experience. And that way, Straight away, you open a pathway for Thiago to come straight to the team. Yeah, then you probably have, I would you'd probably say Thiago, Henderson, and one Alden. But then there's an argument to be said that Milner hasn't played international bigs. Yeah, you know, hasn't played over the international bigs. And the, you know, the thing about Milner is we've kind of all accepted that he's a bench player now and he's, he comes in, does a job in the, in the cup games and gets off an area there. But um, he's still fit as, as anyone else. And you know, every so often, Clock will just you know pull one out the bag and just start Milner in a big game. Hmm. So there's, there's an argument to be said that you could probably start Milner, especially in a derby game. He's got the experience. and So I would probably go for at centre-back if it was me. I will play Thiago, Henderson, and it would be a toss-up between album and Milner, to be honest with you. But I think I'd rather bring one album off the bench he's got a goal in him and start. So I, I would go Henderson, Milner and Thiago. But I think Milner would keep Thiago right, you know? Um, okay. And so would Henderson. So, that would be I would play Thiago kind of holding Henderson on the right and uh, Milner kind of on the left. That's kind of how how I would go. Um But yeah, who's who's to say? And obviously, I've, I would definitely start Keller and goal.
0: Okay. I would.
1: Um Then if you're at Liverpool Football Club and you've made four first team appearances and you're not ready to play in a game like a derby, then you'll never be. And that's my opinion. So I would, start, and I think Adriana's unfortunately, I think the ship has sailed. I don't wish no bad, bad, bad kind of vibes towards them, but yeah um, and obviously the front three picked themselves but then you were saying we were kind of discussing before we kind of started recording then do you think Salah might be on the bench this game is there any reason behind that or
0: I don't know I just think he looks fatigued at the minute I think if it was me I would try and start Diogo Jota because I think the boys in the front three outside of Mane I think Salah is scoring goals which is great Um Firmino for me has been a little bit shaky up to now though he was great during the international break Um, I just think Diogo Jota deserves a shot and I think also the front three deserve a little bit of a wake up call that it's like you know what your place isn't guaranteed and I think they need that I think they need that little bit of a, a shake up whether that be Salah or whether that be Firmino Um. I would maybe drop one of them and bring Jota in for it, but that's just a controversial opinion. <laughs> I don't see clock dropping Salah like when it comes to the
1: the big games. Salah always starts, and he's got five goals this season. He never got the golden boot last season. Um, I'd be very worried if he didn't start Salah. But in saying that, if he didn't, or all for me. You know, and he come on and made an impact. You could just say great management. So, say so that's what Jota's there for. And I was saying Danny Jota's not there to make up the numbers. He's there to to push the front three.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think he, he will push the front three. And for me, I think if I was to start thinking about my starting eleven for Liverpool, I think I would I would start Gomez mainly just because of the fact that I think again, just like I said about Adrian before, I think he needs that redemption for the last game because he looked like he'd never played football in his life against Villa, uh, and I think he needs that game to be able to come in and like I've obviously I've sang Gomez's praises all last season and said that he should be starting, uh, and I preferred him out of anyone. But, yeah, he just looked he looked rough in that last game. I think he needs to come in. He's quick, which I think will help against Richarlison uh, to be able to battle him. Um, and then I would start Fabino as defensive midfield, mainly just to absolutely smash Rodriguez in the first five minutes and just take him out. Um, and then put Thiago and Henderson just ahead of him, and just let them play the creative side of it. Henderson is getting into that rhythm now of playing, those cutting balls and playing that good, which was what we'll need in between the lines against Everton, that one-two, pass and move, pass and move. Henderson is very, very good at that now. Um, so I would have Henderson and bring Tiago in for those cutting balls. And the thing is, is, is why I've said about Jota, is that because you've got Tiago and Henderson playing those pivotal balls now, playing those balls that no one else can see, I would bring Jota in so that we've got three attacking, goal-scoring forwards and I think it'll give Firmino for you know, that little bit of a shake that he'll go, OK, I need to step up my game here a little bit from what I've done at the start of the season. He's quality, he's the glue that holds the team together, but I do think at the same time, you need to create competition. And I think if we've got three boys up front who have all got goals in them, it, it just gives us a different threat. Yeah, and you forget, yeah, you, you forget it's about Galetsit like, and Minamino as well. There, there's boys that
1: have performed for Liverpool now in origi There's... Um... He's been great in Derby's in the past. We haven't even mentioned him. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of almost a forgotten man. But you, you, you shouldn't write him off just yet. I don't think you know. You would, would I wouldn't be shocked in one bit if if Klopp dropped Salah or money and played a because he's done that in the past before. Yeah, and a stepped up, so he's kind of a forgotten man at Miramino and are coming in. But um, it'll be interesting to see anyway, won't it?
0: It'll it will be interesting to see. Obviously, we've got the Champions League game come as well, so two games in quick succession. Like. Exactly. Yeah. So you've got to mesh with your team a little bit because you know you've got another game coming up on the Wednesday. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with my heart rather than my head. My head is telling me there's going to be one all, like what you're saying. Um. though so yeah. I think Liverpool will score first, and then I think Everton will come out at us because I think they'll just play a flat, flat line and just say come at us, attack. And I think eventually we'll get the goal, and then Everton will come out, and I think it'll the head says one all, and um, but I'm going to go two one <laughs> Liverpool. I'm gonna say that we that we'll win it. I think we've got to try and make sort of a redemption for the last game, and I think Liverpool will come out. and I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna say two one. I'm gonna say two one. Mane to score the first one, Salah to score the second,
1: um, and we'll win, win it two one. Well, I uh, yeah, as I say, I'm going for one one, but I really hope you're right, Danny, because um, this is the biggest. I would say this is the biggest men's side derby in ten years, definitely.
0: Yeah. yeah, it definitely is. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see who wins, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's definitely gonna be an etchy one. But as you said, a couple of days later we have that game on the Saturday, and then on the Wednesday we play Ajax in the Champions League. Champions League, back to back to the Champions League again. Um, exciting enough going into the group stages now. Um, did you watch the draw? Obviously, we've spoke about it a little bit. Um, and then what do you what do you make of this Ajax team? What do you make of what they what they're going to bring? Well, yeah, the Ajax are a solid team. Danny. we know this. know, they got to semi-finals there a few, a few years ago. Um,
1: and they were stopped by Tottenham, you know, very last minute, and um, which is just a freak game. It was the same, it was the same set of pictures as the Liverpool Barcelona game, you know. And we obviously ultimately won it, so Ajax were a, well, a, a couple of minutes away from being in the final with us. So obviously quality. They've lost a few players, but they've still got quality in the team. And um, one comes to mind we be discussing previously is Tadic. Used to be at Southampton, yeah. And um, he's got a goal in him, and he, he can score, the score. He's one of these players. I'm not saying he's like Ronaldo. But he's got a bit of Ronaldo winning when he gets the ball and it's just he's a goal to nowhere. it. You know what I mean? A lot of times he'd be wasteful on the ball, but he's always dangerous. So <clears throat> he's a he's a match winner. So he's dangerous. Um Davy Blind, again, used to be at Man United. He's Dutch international, you know, he's a solid player. Um so it's gonna be a tough game. Um and obviously the return of Champions League football, I think. Particularly the Champions League is gonna be different this season because the, the fans not there. It's really, really that's what that's what European football is all about, you know. Um, with your home or away, over the years I've grown up in Liverpool, and I'm sure people listen to this will just agree and, and they know what it's like. How many years have we grew up in Liverpool and, and it's always been all over the news or like social media, like the away fans on Liverpool, but on Champions League nights like, there's like there's like a buzz about the town. Do you know what I mean? So many teams have travelled to Liverpool, and it's just. All the fans about the town, it just even if you don't go to the match, you create an atmosphere in the city, yeah. And I, I've i never been to a European away game with Liverpool, but again, when I'm sure I've seen enough videos, you know, when you Liverpool fans travel away, they do the same thing in that city as well. Um, so there's just an extra special spark about the Champions League and uh, the fans, but without the fans being there, it really is disappointing. Um, the game itself. Say so they've got dangerous players, but we really should be beating Ajax if we want to progress in the competition. Um, again, it's going to be interesting to see what Klopp does because at the end, of the, you, you couldn't say Everton or Ajax, which game's bigger. So, but there will be changes made because you know, with Torsley, he always just kind of make changes. So, it'll be interesting to see what team start against Everton to see what team will start against Ajax. You know, um, but for me, it's hard to say. It really is hard to say. But I'm probably going to go for maybe. A narrow victory to Liverpool. Um, I see it being edgy with no fans, um, but I see a lot of attractive football being played because I have known over the years they always play great football. Um, and obviously, we play great football too. Um, It'll be interesting to see if um, the referees are still as harsh with all the decisions, you know, and whether they like so, you know, Henderson and boys like that will be getting stuck in yeah, because um, with no crowd you might get away with even less than you would even you do in the Champions League with a crowd because the European referees are really tight on stuff like that so um the things that like, you know getting stuck in straight away and all that type of stuff it might be even less with no crowd um, but yeah I mean at the end of the day we're going into that, in, in that competition as one of the probably two or three teams that should be able to win it and um we're not making up the numbers no more so the end of the day, if you can't beat Ajax, you don't deserve to be in the Champions League, and that's just the way I'm looking at it. How do you think it'll go?
0: Yeah, I think we need to really lay down a marker in this game, and that's the thing is that it's expected that the other two games we, we should beat them. Ajax really is the game that, that it's expected is going to be the hardest out of the three games in the group. Um, so I think we need to lay down a marker. They've got a few players that we know, a few players that are that are decent, We've got a few young players coming in as well. They've got a Brazilian guy up front, Anthony. <laughs> Um, scored three and two appearances. Um, so they've got a couple of boys that are, are decent and they've got a good team. Ajax have always produced good young players. So that's the thing is that you never necessarily know who you're going to come up against because Ajax suddenly bring in a couple of boys from their youth academy come into the first team and absolutely boss it like they have done over the years. Um, yeah. But I think we need to really lay down a market in this game, and it's a game that is a is a must win for me. I think we will change the team about. It. I think you we will see probably Jota start if he doesn't start in the derby. Um, I think we'll see Keita come into the lineup and different things like this. I think things will. I think we'll generally keep the spine of our team really solid. I think we obviously know Van Dijk will probably start. We'll probably start with Trent and Robbo. We'll probably have Salad and Marney starting. Um. Henderson will probably be back again, starting the game again. And we'll have a general spine of the team that's solid. But I think there is a lot of spaces. And that's one of the good things about Liverpool this season, is that we've got a team where we can chop and change and bring boys in. And you don't sit there and go, oh, that's a really weakened team. I think if we bring Jotted in, if we bring Minamino in, we bring Keith into the team, even if Jones gets given a game, all these different things, you're still looking at a team that you go, okay, this team can compete, they can do really well. Um, so yeah, but I think we've got to lay down a market in this game. It's going to be hard. Ajax aren't an easy team and they've proved that over the seasons. Um, but Liverpool have got enough firepower in for me that I think we should we should win it.
1: But that's a good Ajax. thing as well. I look back at Liverpool teams in the past and Champions League games and it's been like if you haven't got our strongest eleven, we've, we've struggled in the past. Yep. You just mentioned like C. Joneses and Kitas and you know, and boys like that, like, we really have got strength from death now and it's, it's it's a luxury that we never really always had and to compete on all fronts, you need this. Um, then they put them in a the trophy this season, it's going to be seen as a bad season. Yep. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, well, yeah, we have to get far in all cylinders and say, okay, we got beat in the league but we still won three out of four games in the league and if we beat Everton, it's four out of five, it's not bad but Champions League, you know, it goes so quick and, um, and no, no, not all these teams are used to winning every single week in their league. So um, you can't take them politely. We've been punished badly in the past in the Champions League as well. You know, we're, we're known because we've won six European Cups, and we're known as a European, you know, European team because of all the famous nights around field and stuff, and rightfully so. But taking fans out the equation this year is probably a disadvantage to Liverpool, yeah. and um, it's going to be interesting to see if it's just quality alone can get us through. Because in all in, in, in my time, I've been a Liverpool fan, all the famous European Cup runs that we've had, and whether it's the UEFA Cup or Champions League, there's always been a couple of games, usually at Anfield, where we've needed to get a goal or a couple of goals you know, in, in, in a period of time. And I think the crowd has sucked the, sucked the ball in the net. Yeah, um, Famously going back to Barcelona a few years ago and before that, we had Dortmund and then obviously we had Olympiakos, the moment. There's always been moments and uh, I, I, I don't think I, for the way the world's going at the moment I don't see football fans being a part of this Champions League at all so um, it's going to be I think it's going to be a different competition this year and uh, it could be more of a level playing field for some of the smaller teams um, and I don't want to class Ajax as a smaller team but I hope people listening know what I'm talking about here I think these teams that have got quality in the team, and it's these like matches that are getting played most are like trainer matches as well. So it, it'll just be whichever team turns up on the day. And this is this is this is kind of a worrying thing that you haven't got the fans trying to, to give the edge. Um, so yeah, we can't take Ajax slightly. Um, as I say, I don't know what scores go for, but I'm gonna just throw it out there and I'm gonna say 2 0 Liverpool, I think. And um, what about you, Danny?
0: You know, I, I had the exact same score in my head that I was thinking, I think it'll be 2-0. Um, but yeah, as you said, I think the Champions League especially, it's such a special occasion. We talk about the Premier League and all the rest of it. But like the Champions League is what it is because of the fans. It's the occasion. It's the big moment. It's not only at the minute. It's not only that Liverpool haven't got the fans. It's that like the whole city at the minute is so restricted and locked down that you haven't even got the atmosphere building up in town. You haven't even got the pubs open <clears throat> and all these different things. Um, so it's a really tough occasion. At the minute, we're going into a really big week of football um, with the Derby and then Ajax. And we're going into a week of football where the fans are just going to be sitting in the houses watching, which is it's so disheartening to a certain degree. Um and I think, as you said, it gives chance for the likes of Ajax, who, who primarily do play a younger team quite a lot, that those teams, those players are coming in with a lot less pressure on them because they're not coming into the big atmosphere, the big fan base of Liverpool that, as you said, we've seen over the years, uh, whether it be in an Olympian Icos game, whether it be Galatasaray, whether it be Barcelona or whatever, um, they're not coming in under that pressure that, that Liverpool, our current Liverpool teams thrive under. Um so it does create more of a level playing field, which is hard. Um so it's it's gonna be a difficult one. It's it's hard to watch. And as you said, with the way things are going at the minute, you can't see fans getting in this season at all, which is so sad. Um but but I I think it shouldn't deter Liverpool from pushing and playing the way that they do. They know this is a big week of football. They know they need to react from a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. One of the few times we do, but I'm going to say 2-0. I think it will be 2-0. I feel sorry for EasyJet and uh, Amsterdam because
1: what middle, middle of October, Liverpool playing Ajax in Amsterdam. I'm sure that there that would have been a few extra flights on. I'm sure they would. The poor fans would have travelled in the thousands oh, yeah. to go over to Amsterdam to their, to go to that game. Not just for the game. <laughs> um, definitely, definitely not. I, I say I feel there's going to be some tourism missed out in there, you know, which is the way of the world. But yeah, it, it, I think it's mad that people can travel the world to certain locations, but you can't even go and have a cup of tea with your granny. That's it's it's mad how how the world is progressing. But sure, such as at least we have the football, you know. Yeah. Um, which gives us a little chance to kind of plug before the end that We did Jordan the international break. Me and Danny didn't take a week off. Me and Danny did record an episode about mental health and football. Um, and it will be getting
0: show or will be getting kind of brought out to you next international break. Did we agree, Danny? Yeah. Yeah. I think the next international uh, week, we're going to publicize it. And not only is it going to be uh, a mental health podcast for people to be able to listen to, but we've also got an exclusive uh, of the new single by the Heathen Choir. Um, and they're going to be showing us their new single about the life and time of us, which is amazing uh, that we've got that exclusivity in the pod as well.
1: So, yeah, so we we, we, we did work during that during the international break. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a busy week again for for Liverpool Football Club with the Derby and with um, Ajax, the return of the Champions League. Um, but yeah, let's hope that this time next week when we're chatting, we're in better spirits than the Seven-two defeat from bloody Aston Villa of all teams. <laughs> Prince ha- Prince William and Prince Harry are probably loving life, aren't they? Yeah, they were they were loving life that day. I know. <laughs> I can
0: imagine, yeah, especially Prince uh, Prince William, he will have been. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, as you said, I hope it's going to be a, a better week for football. Ajax game will be interesting. You've just got to hope that we win this derby, and that's what it's, that's what it's going to be all about. My focus is going to be on for the next uh, day or two. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. And it's been an interesting pod to be able to see. And hopefully we get the predictions right um, in terms of the games. But we'll see. But enjoy the football for everyone that's going to be watching it. Make sure you stay safe and all the rest of it. And enjoy watching. And we will be back next week to review these games, see how we got on, and also review the games that are going to be coming up next week as the Premier League is back. And the fixtures are coming once again, thick and fast. But thank you so much for everyone for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Row. You'll never walk alone.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network